welcome to the Pastured Pig Podcast, where we share the successes and challenges of raising pigs on pasture. We talk to producers all over the country, from small homesteads to large commercial pasture operations. Whether you're new to pastured pigs or have been raising hogs for decades, we hope you hear new ideas and new perspectives on pasturing hogs. Here's your host, Troy McClung. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Pastured Pig Podcast. You may be wondering, who is this guy and where has he been? Yes, I, I can't apologize enough how long it's been since our last episode. I was looking back and it's been almost a month and a half. And man, I tell you, yeah, time goes by. You hear that all the time. All of us podcasters, we all use that same excuse. Time just got away. But um, actually, what, what had transpired is... I had two business trips that delayed some things. Then there was a vacation sandwiched in there. And unfortunately, the Rona came back through our house again. Fortunately, it wasn't as bad as what we had had last time, but obviously that put us down for a bit, several weeks there. And uh, what was what was interesting is it really attacked my voice. So I was froggy for quite a bit there. And I could possibly get about four words out before going into a coughing fit. So if you guys uh, watch the channel, you may have even noticed there were some, uh, some of the stuff was pre-recorded before then, fortunately, but there were some uh, bumpers that we put in on some of the videos where, yeah, I definitely had a much froggier voice. But all's healed up, all's good to go. So hopefully getting back into the groove here, maybe we'll just call that a summer break if we can. Um so quick, I wanted to get in some updates before we get into our interview. Our interview is a little long, but it's really good. And um, I've been sitting on this one for a while, and I apologize to Tanner for taking so long. But it's one of those, I really wanted to make sure I had my ducks in a row before we put it out there, because it's, it's drilling down like uh, some of you guys have asked, where we're really getting into some specifics and some how-tos there. But real quick with uh, with updates, I, I realized I didn't get a chance or I didn't take the opportunity to to kind of give a postmortem on the pastured pig workshop uh, that I was a part of down at Sheridan Park Farms earlier this year. And man, that was that was a great trip. It was a great time. Um, they they really put us up well. Had nice accommodations for us. There was absolutely no way in the world you could go hungry uh, down on Chuck and Sandra's farm because they had that covered big time. So they fed us well. We had about uh, I think just a cat's whisker under fifty people show up to take the class classes that were there. Uh, I taught uh, just a series on marketing, how to market your your farm products and those type of things. And it was cool. He did that in a round robin process. So we were able to rotate through, uh, or they are the people actually able to rotate through. So I presented three times uh, the same message to smaller groups. So it really gave a lot of opportunity for Q&A and some one-on-one -on -one discussions there. So it went really well. And man, I'm anxious. I'm hoping they're going to do that again next year. And I'm hoping that if I didn't totally screw it up, then they would uh, invite me for that again, because I, I enjoyed that. Uh, it's good company as well. Uh, along the lines of, uh, of moving on and, and things happening here in the next in the near future, we will be lining up some more interviews. Uh, those of you the guys have reached out that I haven't responded to yet, um, again, waiting to make sure I could uh, put a date down that would make sense and not have to cancel. So we're ready to do that again. So if you would like to be on the podcast, obviously reach out to me and we'll get that lined up. And along the same lines, I need a guinea pig. And it could just be a five-minute, ten-minute test. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. But uh, if you follow the podcast, if you've been on the podcast for a while, you know that 
Most of the time, I'm all farm doing these recordings just because uh, to do the interviews, I don't have good phone service here. I don't have any cell service. And our internet uh, has been satellite forever, and it's, it's latency so bad, it's just tough to do anything over the internet. Well, now we have Starlink, and so far it has really proven to be a vast improvement to what we've had. But I have yet to test a recording through Zoom of an interview. Just curious to see what the latency is going to be, if there's any dropout, how that goes. So that's why I need a guinea pig, because I hate to just take somebody who's taken their hard-earned time out to do an interview with me, and it drop out and be something that we can't keep necessarily. So if, if one of you all listening, you want to you want to be that guinea pig, you have good internet, and that's the other thing I'd like to do is make sure that you've got good internet at home or wherever you're going to be so I can really determine whether or not it's my internet's the issue. If both of us have lousy internet, then we don't know who's, who's dropping who type of thing. But if you'd like to be a guinea pig, uh, just go to the website, uh, Pastured Pig. Um, thepasturedpig.com or redtoolhouse.com. Use that contact form, reach out to me, or just email me, troy at redtoolhouse.com, and say, hey, yeah, I can I can burn about 10 minutes in the evening, uh, one evening, and just sit down with you at a Zoom connection, and we can see how it goes, because I'm going to test um, just doing audio and also testing video and audio to see how that works. Okay, well, let's, uh, let's get into our discussion. So, who we're talking to this time, and again, I apologize to Tanner because it has actually been a while. We did this recording earlier in the spring, uh, but uh, you know, we're just now airing it. But Tanner Spurlock is with Fuller Farms in Texas, and man, he has got a lot going on. He's got a 50-acre regenerative farm in East Texas, and he's really focusing on the pastured pigs, but he has a lot of other things going on. And the one thing that I really like about Tanner, and this is kind of where we hang out, is talking about his data. Uh, as a data geek, I, I really connected with him on this, that uh, just the benefit of tracking all the things that you can track. And he does a great job of that. And in fact, he's got a little um, kind of surprise gift for us, and you'll hear it here at the end. And um, so you can hang in for that so you'll know what's, what's available there. But without any further ado, let's jump in and get into our conversation with Tanner. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Pastured Pig Podcast. Today, we are getting in the podcast plane, and we're flying all the way down to Hawkins, Texas, to meet with Fuller Farms, who is, uh, that farm is run by Tanner Spurlock. Welcome, Tanner. Thanks, Troy, for having us. Glad to be here. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on. So, uh, before, actually, before we got talking, Tanner was telling me in, in some of the pre-screening discussion that you guys have had a little bit of high wind today and have been dealing with a little bit of damage from that. I guess that's to be expected in that part of Texas. Yeah, this time of year, it's just, you know, every, every week or so, you're going to have some kind of wind or, you know, last week we were dealing with big thunderstorms and tornadoes. This week we're dealing with uh, some pretty heavy straight winds, about 60 mile an hour gust. It, uh, it's just the the harsh of this time of year in texas yeah yeah my goodness sustained 60 mile an hour wind or even gusts and in, in my neck of the woods i'd be cutting trees for for weeks <laughs> yeah because yep. they would all blow over all right well good i'm glad you uh didn't get uh, too severe a damage there um uh, for for our listeners and what we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about fuller farms here a little bit we're going to dive right into that and, and tanner's going to give us a background but what we're going to discuss and i and i want to express my appreciation to Tanner for sharing his data. We're, we're going to be a little data 
heavy today. We're going to talk about uh, Excel spreadsheets, the benefits of using those spreadsheets uh, to manage your data and, and the benefits of that, of course, when it comes to your, your pastured pig operation. Uh, so our, our story arc, our discussion arc is going to flow that direction. So put your seatbelt on. We're going to get, um, get a little deeper into topics here. So I know I've had several people request that recently. So this will be this will be very accurate for that. So first of all, Tanner, uh, so people kind of know what's going on. Tell me about Fuller Farms. Give me that 40,000 foot elevation view. Yeah. So in 2017, my wife and I, uh, I was uh, active duty Navy at the time we were living up in Washington state. Uh, we started getting into, into backyard homesteading and whatnot. And, um, you know, to keep a long story short, we ended up raising a market weight hog in our backyard in our residential neighborhood <laughs> in a uh, playhouse that I converted the bottom into and we did like a deep bedding system um, where the neighbors like that a, is the ugliest dog I've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> you know surprisingly um, none of our neighbors knew had any idea that we had uh, a pig in the backyard it didn't smell or anything with the deep bedding system it didn't make a lot of noise <laughs> Um, and yeah, nobody realized it until, you know, at the end of that, you know, about six and a half months, we butchered it in the driveway for all to see. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) 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 yeah, yeah. People were driving by just kind of giving us the eye and rolling down the windows and asking us what was going on. I was like, oh yeah, you know, you want some, (laughs) we'll bring you over some for, for dinner. And, um, so, so me, I, I kind of grew up, you know, in a, in a family farm atmosphere, um, whenever I was younger my wife Hatton, she was a very much a city girl. Um, so that pig, the pork chops from that pig was kind of a, a turning point for her. To, and, and, you know, she took a first bite and was like, Hey, I want to do this more. And I'm like, you know, I'm all down for that. So, so in 2017, we started making our plan that, Hey, we're going to, you know, we're starting our family. We want to get out of the, out of the military. We don't want to travel around anymore. Let's go back home to Texas and, and start a farm. And, you know, from the get go, it was kind of like, Hey, we want to, we want to do pigs. We want to do things on a regenerative style, rotational pasture kind of ordeal. So uh, we started reading a lot of books and, you know, educating ourselves as much as we could up into the point uh, in, in 2019 when we got out and, and moved East Texas to our 50 acre property. And, uh, the, the week we moved in is the week we got a litter of pigs from, from, uh, one of the homesteader families that we had become friends with on Facebook, we, we picked up four feeders from them and uh, just hit the ground running. And, and uh, to this point we are, um, we're Pharaoh to finish. We have uh, about four, uh, four sows right now. And we have two gilts coming up We're we're moving towards Berkshire's Berkshire's uh, coming from a, a Hereford boar Berkshire sows. And then uh, we have a couple of like a blue butt sow and a, and a red wattle large black sow that we're kind of starting to phase out. Um, but we're fair to finish at this point And now we're starting to go to uh, markets and um, selling online and shipping across the country and, and all that with retail cuts. Uh, we do more retail cuts now than we do any like holes or halves, uh, which I've kind of come to like a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. There's, whew, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, and so let's talk about that briefly. So that, that in just, just a handful of years, you've, you've seen this growth, but you've gone, um, sounds like more into the cut direction. 
So what was the um, what was the motivation behind that? Was it just because obviously with cuts you you have um, uh, you have more oversight to, to worry about mm-hmm. you know, the meat, the storage, all of that type of stuff. Client base, you know, you think you raise twelve hogs and you sell them as holes, you only need twelve customers. Here you're dealing right. with a lot more. Obviously, more markup potential there. But but what was the genesis of that? Why did you decide to go that way that quickly? Um, you know, my my time in the in the Navy really helped as far as a customer customer base goes because we started our farm Facebook page and we started marketing you know retail cut pork for in 2017 whenever we first started it. So all of the um, you know friendships and relationships that and people we met while we were traveling around, moving around in the military, and people who you know joined on the bandwagon of hey you know the Spurlocks are doing this farming thing we like that let's follow what they're doing and. Um, so th- that's really benefited us now to the point where I have people all over the country who, you know, military friends are like, hey, man, send me some bacon or send me some sausage. Um, so so that's just kind of the, the route we ended up going. We we had a litter um, and, you know, we our plan was to sell them all as holes or halves. And we were working on doing that. But it's a lot harder to ship a hole or a half hog than it is to ship a couple packages of bacon. So, right, right. Um, so it, it ended up just kind of falling in the lap, and it was it was easier for us to to go that route than it was to really focus on holzer halves. Now we still do holzer halves locally, um, but we we definitely you know out of a out of a single litter of you know twelve to fourteen piglets, we'll hole or half. Uh, it really won't even do halves. We'll wholesale maybe one or two of them, and then we'll part out all the others. Mm. So what do you have? Are you managing storage there? Did you guys have a walk-in, just a, a bank of freezers? How yeah. Um, yeah, so we, we built a, uh, a freezer and we, you know, have managing a slew of, of chest freezers and whatnot. Um, and, you know, it's we want to get to where we can just get like maybe a big 40-foot shipping container or something and, and fill it. But at, at this point, we're doing a lot of chest freezers and, and working on building a walk-in freezer. Um, and we're kind of spread out right now to where we don't actually have a lot of inventory on hand at a time. It, it doesn't stay, you know, in storage for very long, which is, a, I guess, a good problem to have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. Goodness. That that has all kinds of benefit to it as well. And, and, I, and I'm and we'll get into this in a second. But looking at even your processing schedules, it sounds like you you kind of fan those out. That's not just one big processing one point in the year. And then you've got a a landfall of inventory and then over the course of the year right. it starts to thin out you're you're kind of restocking on a regular basis right yeah whenever we hit a we hit our processing times you know whenever we get some litters grown out we usually do about three to to six pigs a month yeah yeah good deal good deal yeah my goodness there's a whole podcast discussion just in shipping and i, I do have that on the oh, list yeah. so <laughs> may have to get you back and have you talk about that there's a couple others we've interviewed that do um shipping nationwide and uh, you know that's that opens a whole new uh, whole new market but also a whole new uh, area of, of concern and, and areas you have to keep an eye out for but uh, we may have to we'll stick a pin in that and come back to that at, uh, at some point later but so so here's the thing and I and I think this is kind of a this is kind of teeing up a, uh, a ball here to for you to take a swing at and based upon our uh, the, the kind of the flow of our discussion so looking at um, you know a new farm you're starting up you're really getting into this now you're also polyculture as well you're not just pastured pigs correct right right yeah we do uh pasture poultry and and we have some uh, uh beef that we run yeah so so looking at that as as a new farm building all of that building that fast and then 
really recognizing, hey, here's an area that we really want to focus. We see a lot of return on investment on this, or we feel that this is where our niche is going to be. The the data that backs up that decision is is super critical for you, right? And, and mm-hmm. how, how did that factor in from day one that you had to start tracking data or desired to start tracking data to a, 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 a certain degree? Um, so it really became, it, it came as a necessity because the first few rounds I tracked nothing. And, you know, we would get to the end of it. I would just, you know, be throwing feet out in the fields and, and not really paying attention to you know, what we're actually charging. And it would come up to me having to price, you know, a pound of bacon. And I hated doing that because I would always end up undercutting what really what it was worth or what I even paid for it. So, um, I'm a, you know, I'm by trade, I'm kind of a numbers guy. I'm a, I'm a, a IT by trade in the Navy. I was a, I was a radio man. Um, and I, I dealt with satellite communications and, and networks and stuff for the Navy. And I'm, I got out and I'm a, a IT manager for a software company in East Texas. So um, I like data. I can work with computers. I'm fairly computer savvy. So using Excel to build a build a couple sheets and, and learning how to track stuff was really just, a, you know, it's easy. It was just kind of a, at first, a tedious task. I had to sit down and start to build. So um, it, it started because it was, it was necessary, right? I needed to know how much it cost me to produce one package of bacon right. so that I could then you know, figure out, okay, well, if I can produce it for, if I can produce a, a, right now I'm producing a package of bacon for, I believe like $6 and 38 cents. Okay. And that's in East Texas. That's using a USDA processor uh, with custom labeling and everything. Um, And, and, you know, that's, that also even includes like transportation, like the gas it would take me to, to drive to the processor and go pick up the meat and bring it home and, and electricity costs for freezers and all that. Wow. Um, yeah. So if, if it costs me $6.36 to produce a, a package of bacon, what is that worth to me to keep doing? Yeah. So, you know, then I have to add in my, you know, margins on that. So then I have a, you have a better, better idea of what I need to charge someone who asked me for a package of bacon rather than just, you know, looking at the grocery store and saying, oh, they sell it for $5. If I sold it for $5, I would be losing money every time. So we wouldn't stay in business for very long. So, so coming up with the data and, and, and being able to write up the, the Excel sheets and reports that we did um, to be able to, to track that. And it started with just, a, you know, a basic expense tracker. Like um, I started with just a, hey, I, I spent something, I sold something, I spent something, I sold something. And I was only paying attention to that bottom number. Um, and then, you know, just playing in the middle of the night and stuff uh, with it and saying, oh, hey, you know what, I, I should actually look at this metric and this metric just ended up being this whole spreadsheet of, of, of different tables that tell us all kinds of information about our pig herds. Yeah, yeah, my goodness, that, there's so much good stuff there. So, so for those listening, and I don't want to, I don't want this to sound condescending, but I guess maybe to some degree it is a little bit. The, the thing that I see constantly... <laughs> constantly that you know you're never supposed to use absolutes right you know never say never never use absolutes but the thing i see a lot on social media when people are starting to get into pastured pigs they get into these groups we have these discussions you see somebody asking hey what are you guys selling your x for and it could be a whole hog a half hog a pack of bacon whatever and that question is literally what they're using to base 
their retail sales off of. Hey, what do you guys, mm-hmm. what do you guys sell this for? So, right. so Tanner, I, I know that again, this is a softball pitch over the plate here, but why is that in your experience, why is that such a horrible, horrible way to approach your business when it comes to pasture pigs? Just saying, Hey, what are you guys charging? And I'm going to match that. Well, I mean, the softball answer to that is what someone in on the West coast is charging is not going to be the same uh, uh, expense cost wise is what someone on the East coast is going to charge. Yeah. So, so, you know, your, your costs play a huge factor in that. Although I do like that question whenever it does come up, mm-hmm. um, because what I do dislike a lot, and this is on a whole nother topic we can get on in another time uh, is whenever new producers come in and start asking questions about how to do basic things. And then they get just, you know, slapped in the face in the comments about, oh, that's, that depends on so many factors. I hate that because they're just looking for a place to start because that was me at one point. Right, you know, I, right. I had posted in, in farming pages like, hey, uh, what do you do for, for uh, fencing? And that's like, oh, well, it depends on your soil types and what kind of animals you're running and what you're doing. I was like, I just wanted to know what you're doing and what works for you so that I can base for myself what would work for me. Yeah. So I, I, I love and hate that question at the same time because whenever it comes to cost, it's like, okay, yeah, you know, your, your input, it, the answer is always, it depends. It depends on all of your factors that are, that are affecting you and your area. But it's also nice to see, you know, what other people are able to get for a package of bacon or a package of sausage or something versus what maybe you're able to get in your area. I could charge a lot more for, for bacon if I lived in, uh, if I was closer to Los Angeles, then I, then I really can being in East Texas because we're such, you know, the, the economy is so much different. Yeah. Very, yeah. Excellent point. Yeah. And, and it's one of those things that, as you said, you know, kind of love, hate that question. And, and I guess, I guess the angle that I'm looking for there, because I think your response was actually even more appropriate than my question, but this, this idea of, you know, in marketing, there is this element of what the market will bear. So people want to look and say, okay, yeah, I've done a cost analysis, done all this. What's the market? What can the market bear? Is there an opportunity for more markup or do I have to be tighter so I can be competitive? But starting with that question to say, what are you guys charging? And, and then saying, okay, this is where I'm going to set it. I'm just going to go this part forward and, and, and not track cost. Yeah, that, to me, that's the big... Yeah, that's that bear right. trap. There is is say, well, everybody else is charging this, so I'm going to do that. Like you said, you don't right. want, yeah, you, don't yeah, want yeah. Up, you don't want to end up a year down the road and be like, okay, I've sold every single piece of pork that I have, but I'm, I'm six thousand dollars <laughs> in debt. Why is that? Yeah, right. Yeah, you you don't want to take that that the answers you get from a question like that and and say someone near L.A. County asked that question and I answer and say I sell a package of bacon for fifteen dollars and and they're like, okay, let's let's just use that number and you know it costs them $17 to produce it. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So for, for those of you, this is kind of where the podcast format falls a little short. So right now, Tanner has given me his spreadsheet in advance. So I've had some time to pour over this and, and look at the way he categorizes his his costs, some of the metrics he's following, the things he tracks specifically, uh, running total. And, and he even graciously inco- incorporated live data in this. So he has it in front of him. I have it in front of me. So we're going to be talking through this, and 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 we'll we'll make this as visual as possible. And when we get to the end of the podcast, we'll we'll throw out some other details and things that hopefully it'll help help some people out. But 
that's kind of what's what's driving this conversation. I'm looking at a spreadsheet here, and and yeah, these you know, these questions pop up in my mind. It's like, oh, well, yeah, I like what you're doing here, I like what you're doing there. Explain this a little bit more. So so we're just going to go through this, uh, Tanner and I. So so looking at this, Tanner, I, I I'd love to know. So I'm looking at a worksheet here, an Excel spreadsheet that has. Of course, my screensaver just goes to sleep right when I say that. Um, <laughs> look, looking at uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different different areas on this worksheet of, of data that you're tracking. Now, you, you said the thing when you first got started with this, you were looking at just you know income outgoing, income outgoing, just kind of tracking that, almost like a checkbook type of situation. So, All right. So you started with that. What what other metrics? Yeah, what were the first thing that popped in your head? It's like, ooh, I, I ought to start tracking this. This would be helpful to look at. Right. So um, looking at and, and um, you know, it does think that the viewers can't see this at the, at the same time. But um, looking at the spreadsheet, my, my progression, you can see probably my thought process. It went from the left to the right. So on the left side that there is, you know, the, the expense report, right, just cost income, cost income um, of of what I've spent versus what we've made. Um, and then my next section was, okay, well, this is what our, our expense versus income is, but I was inputting sales in that report. Um, but it, I would have to just create long notes about how much I sold a specific thing for. Um, and I, and I wanted a more, um, a, a better way to track what I had in inventory um, and what I could sell for, uh, could, could sell a specific thing for, and then also to be able to uh, project. Like I was almost using this as just like a playground uh, in a sense at first, where I created the table that was my, my freezer pork inventory. Uh, whenever I take a, uh, and, I, and I break all of these out by litter. So each one of our litters has this whole worksheet to themselves. And this one that I sent you, I don't know if I left it on there or not, but it was litter 12. Yeah, yeah, number 12. Yeah. Um, so this is litter 12 that you're looking at. In past litters, you know, I, when I take a when I take a pig to the butcher, um, I'll get their hanging weight, their live weight, and and um, the costs, the, the processor fees that it cost me to butcher that pig, um, and I'll put that up in the in the top of the freezer pork area, and then I'll I'll uh, you know do an inventory when I get it back. I'll do an inventory of all the cuts that I got, and I'll input that in the bottom piece, and then I'll give it a price tag. So. Um, so, so that was a point I just wanted to be able to visualize an inventory and what what could I get from a pig. So at this point, being 12 litters in, uh, we're able to, you know, I, I have a good average of, hey, I take a, this pig to the, to the processor, I'm going to get X amount of bacon, I'm going to get X amount of pork chops and ribs and sausage and so on. So... Uh, at this point, I just have a metric that I use. It's a, it's an average number from from what we've been able to get. So right. I can say that, hey, I'm going to get 11 pounds of bacon for my pigs. Yeah. So at this point, I can just at, at the very top, I can list the number of pigs that I've taken, um, and and the average weight, hanging weight that I expect they're going to be. Because sometimes we, you know, taking being able to split up a litter of 12 uh, over a processor over three or four months, you're going to have a low, medium, and high. Right, you're going to take some that are going to, you know, live weight at 220 and hang at 150, and you're going to have some at the end that are going to live weight at 300 and, and hang it at, you know, 200, 215. Yeah, they got a little bit more. So, yeah. right. So I I usually just go with the middle number. Hey, if I can hit it on the dot every time and take a pig at 250 and they hang at 184, which is really the ideal amount, 
and that's the that's the number that I base it off of. So yeah, in this I'm able just to you know if, if you can change the number, I can change that top number from from nine, which you know might be one litter that goes to the process that time. Or if I want to look at an entire year, I can say 120, and it'll it can change all of my numbers, and my metrics for for what I'm going to charge per. Um, a retail cut and then give me like a total revenue number yeah um something just a, and that's really just ballpark something that i can visualize whenever i'm thinking and planning ahead of what we're going to do yeah i love this so so uh, yeah so so some things i want to underscore here and for those of you listening again you, I, I don't want to sound condescending this but i really want to make sure that the way we're talking about this, that, that we know that there's some people listening that are just getting started. So some of you guys may be like, well, yeah, that, no kidding. That's, everybody knows that. But we want to make sure we're starting at the ground here. So, um, so Tanner has his, his cost analysis or his, his, his basic ledger, almost like a checkbook ledger. But in this situation, because he's taken the time to accumulate this data, yeah, this is more than just, hey, this is what it costs at the feed store. I'm putting that cost in, and here's the amount of money I made when I sold a pig, and that just is two line items. The The fact that he takes the time when his product comes back, so he's got X amount of bacon, he counts packages, he weighs packages, or the packages have the weights on them, I assume. So it, taking that time to put all that data in, it's, it's you know, as, as, as ever, most people know, you've heard this term garbage in, garbage out. You know, your data is only as good as what you put in. But if you take the time, and, and I know I, I can definitely speak to this from experience, when you get all of your pork in at one point, you just want to get it in the freezer. You just want to get it in the mm -hmm. customer's hands. He's like, man, I don't want to take the time to do all this. But if you do, it pays dividends. And the reason why, and, and, and as Tanner just said, he can simply put in a litter number. So if I've got nine pigs I'm gonna finish, and I know because of data shows that their average hanging weight's gonna be X, he's just putting those two numbers in the spreadsheet and bang, 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 I'm looking at this list. Smoked bacon, smoked jowl bacon, pork chops, smoked sausage links, smoked sausage patties, pork tenderloins, smoked ham, pork ribs, smoked bacon ends. He knows roughly the quantity he's gonna get, he has his retail price for it, and then it immediately does a forecasting. So, and, and Tanner, Tanner already told me in advance, he's fine with me throwing this out. So looking at litter number 12, which is active litter right now, he's already forecasting a gross sales of $11,800. Is that correct? Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, so so I just, and that's not, you know, that's not a number that he just, you know, poofed out of the air, just made up, it's like, wow, wouldn't it be great if I could make almost 12 grand? This this is backed by 11 litters prior to litter 12 worth of data, correct? Correct, yeah. Yeah, so that, that's what I think is is so fantastic that if, if we all challenge ourselves to take the time to accumulate this data, understand how to put it in a system like this, whether it's Excel or Google Sheets or whatever the case may be, then being able to use that data in the future for forecasting, for understanding this. Will, you know, I'm, I'm sure when you look at growth of your farm, Tanner, this, this plays such a huge part in saying, do I add that those two gilts or do I not add those two gilts? Right. Yeah. And, th and that is a big factor for, you know, deciding our growth. Um, you know, we, we've hit a point um, last year where it's like, we, we kind of had to decide to grow or, stay you know where we're just doing a little bit at a time 
um, which is inherently hard, especially whenever you're doing cuts, because if you only are able, and we have a couple grocery stores here that we sell in too. You know, if, if I can only supply bacon in a, in a store to customers for a couple months out of the year, I have to fight for that customer every single year right? or every, every single time I get new product instead of, unless you can become, you know, just, Hey, that's the, the study of, Hey, I get my bacon from, from Fuller farms every week and just a year round thing. I just get my bacon from Fuller farms. That's just where I go. You know, so last year we, we hit that and, and having these metrics was a big decision, decision factor in that. And, and, you know, deciding that retail cuts was the way that we were going to go rather than, than holes, um, was, was by having this data and, and being able to really forecast where everything goes. And, and whenever you hit times like this year, you know, whenever p- price increases skyrocket, you know, obviously your data is going to change, but that's why we take the same data over every litter uh, at any, as many inputs as we can put into the data we do so that we can, you know, over, a, over 10 years, we can have that 10 year average of, of what it looks like. So, you know, that, that's why we've added, pastured poultry to the operation that's why we you know we cut back on our beef operation because our numbers for beef don't look that great because there's a lot of beef producers in east texas so you know we don't do that much beef where where originally we were going to do a a lot of grass-fed beef so we don't anymore we only butcher maybe one or two steers a year really is just an add-on to customers who were already ordering through us just to give them the option yeah so wait a minute so you're saying you you didn't add pastured poultry just because you like chicken and it just seemed like the thing to do <laughs> oh absolutely not <laughs> right, right. yeah although we do love pastured poultry and it does seem like the right thing to do right. the numbers back it up <laughs> exactly exactly and, and you said something there that i think is super critical especially in this time that we're in right now so let's talk a little bit about your feed tracker uh chart here so this idea of looking at your costs, and instead of just throwing your costs uh, in a big bucket to say, hey, here's my feed, here's uh, infrastructure repair, all that type of stuff, and just, just having mm-hmm. this out-of-pocket expense at the end of this litter. Uh, explain to our listeners a little bit about what you're doing with feed tracking and what key data you're, you're able to pull from that. Yeah, so in our feed tracker, that, that stemmed from in previous litters at the beginning of me just throwing a bunch of feed out and really at the end not even knowing how much feed I gave them. We were, at one point, we were feeding in 50-pound bags, and I would go buy 10 or 20 bags from the feed store every week or two, and I would just throw bags out there, and, and I wasn't really considering um, waste. I wasn't considering how much feed the, actual, the pigs were actually consuming, how much that really cost me. So what I wanted to do was um, break it down in a matter of, it, it started with, okay, well, whenever I feed the pigs, I'm just going to mark the date and I'm gonna mark how much I fed them because we feed in, um, we free feed our feeders. Uh, we do not free feed our, our breeding pair um, and, and that's a whole different metric on how I track their feeding. Um, it's more generalized with them just because they're revolving they're there every year. But for our feeders, uh, we free feed them in in bulk hoppers. You know, I have a I have a couple. Um, I have a thousand pound feed hopper. I have a three hundred and sixty pound feed hopper. Um, so every time I feed them, go out and and unload a uh, a bunch of feed buckets into the hopper. I just track the date and how much feed I gave them. Uh, so one, I can see how long that feed is lasting because that's also how we judge our movements of of the herds across our pastures. Um, so in that feed tracker, uh, at the bottom, you know, after we get past how much feed we're giving them and the date we're giving them, it breaks it down to, uh, how much total feed, uh, per pound 
that the herd is getting. Um, and then it's divided down to how much feed and it, it all becomes averages at this point, because I can't say exactly which pig ate the most or ate the least, sure. um, or what really what the waste was, but, um, I break it down to how much average of how much feed we've given is each pig getting. So how much, how much feed are we giving total per pig? And then I break it down into uh, the days. So I take a maximum minimum average or number of the days that are in the list and say, okay, uh, we get, we get as far down as how much uh, feed is each pig eating per day and how much is that costing me per day? Because I have a, um, I can track, the cost per pound of feed we buy we buy feed in bulk now which if any of you listeners don't buy your feed in in bulk from your local mill please reconsider because uh for a 50 pound bag of feed at the feed store you're likely paying around um around you know 21 to 25 cents per pound for a 50 pound bag Whereas if you can get it in bulk in tote bags from your local feed mill, um, in our area at least, we're paying 22 cents or 23 cents um, per pound, um, and that's on a hundred weight. So uh, sorry, I, I misspoke. If you're if you're getting in 50 pound bags, you're likely paying around 40 cents per pound, um, whereas we're paying around 23 to 24 cents per pound uh, buying in bulk. So something to consider if you're not doing that. So I, I, in, in that sense, I'm able to track, okay, how much feed per day is each pig eating and how much is that pig costing me per day in feed? Yeah. Um, and then that, that tracks down to how much, you know, over that average, if we keep a pig for 200 days, um, how much is that pig costing me? Which, you know, I have a metric. I try to keep that around $180 or less, Yeah. Uh, w- which is our goal. So. Yeah, which is awesome. Because, so, so, using that and, and dropping some live data because I know people are listening probably think well, well let's hear some numbers so so looking at this um, litter 12 which uh, is is right now obviously this this litter's not not done yet right obviously you've got yeah this this litter was born mid-december yeah. uh, December 15th to be exact I start tracking metrics around four to six weeks we wean at six weeks um, so I I don't really track a whole lot of feed input in the beginning because mom is eating a lot of that and I track her separately. Yeah. Um, so, so we started tracking this litter around January 15th. Um, and our first three from this herd is going to the butcher on January, on June 9th. Yeah. So we're, we're about midway through right now. Yeah. So looking at that, so, uh, data you've put in in the spreadsheet up until about the 18th of this month, 18th of March, because I know when people listen to this, it's going to be later. But so the 18th of March, looking at your data, you're about 2,800 pounds of feed in. Your total pounds per pig is currently 258 pounds. Feed cost per pig, you're looking at right now running around $64, 60, uh, 76 days fed. And this is what's neat, getting all the way down to this detail. So pounds per pig per day. So 3.4 pounds per pig. It's another question I hear all the time. How much feed should I be giving my pig daily? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, what you're talking about is free choice. So uh, that's not necessarily a rationing thing, but that's that's what helps people think, well, Tanner's getting this type of, of production. He's getting this type of finish weight, and he's giving, on average, pigs 3.4 pounds. That number actually helps us uh, track how our pastures are doing too. Um, 
Yeah. Because yeah. we, we cover crop, we, we, we spread cover crop over the, uh, we give our, we give each herd about an acre, uh, three quarters to an acre, um, worth of paddock each time we move them every couple of weeks. Um, so that actually, and then we cover it, we, we seed it with cover crop afterwards. So as the herds are coming through, um, depending on how much feed they're consuming per day tells me how much forage they're being able to get from the pasture. So you're actually using this as live data. So it's data on the fly. So you're coming in and saying, Ooh, my, my, my feed consumption per day is up a little bit. This, this may not be, this ground cover may not be good or there's something with the paddock that's a little funky or it's just time to move on. Is that correct? Correct. And, and the further tables we get over, we'll, we'll actually reference this data um, into our pasture rotations as well to tell us that. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. We'll get to that here in a sec. Cause there's one other thing that I want to want to really pinpoint, especially with where we are right now. So, so those of you thinking about this, so not only is, is Tanner using this for real time data, that's going to get into more of what we talk about here for pasture assessment, but just imagine right now. So I like, I know my feed store locally, we've seen an increase in the past year of about 60% in feed costs. So if I, if I decide, okay, uh, if I'm going to have a litter soon, it's like, how many do I decide to sell off as, as wean pigs for somebody else? Or how many am I going to finish? Like, well, feed costs have gone up. Is it going to, you know, how's this really going to pencil out? If you don't have that data, you're really just going to be throwing darts. You can get, you can get Mm -hmm. some sort of idea, but you're not going to have this data. But, but what you have your tenant, you can literally drop in that new feed cost and then forecast to say, okay, the last 11 litters, this is what I've had. So I get a really good idea. Wow, that just bumped my cost up above my threshold. So that means mm-hmm. my sale price needs to increase by this percentage. And it just becomes a domino game, right? I mean, w- one thing, right. one thing changes. So uh, without sitting down and taking a whole week to figure out where you need to be or just putting on a blindfold and throwing a dart, you're dropping a number in a spreadsheet and then you can see real quickly, oh, this is what I need to do to adjust. Right. And we do the same thing with, with our transportation cost and, and breaking it down to how, how much does it cost me to drive a mile to the, you know, between um, like the processor to go to the grocery store. So uh, it, going back to the left, I have a, a, a metric box that breaks out our different categories of, of cost for the pig. So transportation is one of those. And I think we value it at around 12 cents uh, a pound per pig. Um, so overall I've broken that down to basically what I did was take the, the, um, and I have this in a separate sheet that's not in this list that you have, but, um, for my, for my truck, right. I, I drive a, uh, Dodge Ram 2,500 diesel. So I take my miles per gallon that I get on average, um, and break that down by the miles. It takes me round trip to get to the processor and back and the current gas price. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, as gas prices changes, I can see if, if, you know, if that is going to break my threshold for what I charge in transportation per pig. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, perfect example. So right here in, in West Virginia, currently at the time of recording this, we're $5 a gallon for diesel. Ouch. So where are you right now in Texas? <laughs> Um, where we, there was some places that almost hit $5 here in East Texas, but we're back down to about $4. Now, typical on a typical, you know, the years past we've been at, you know, two thirty or so. So this is, right. it's really spiked up for everyone in the last couple of days. We're about four, $4, four thirty, four dollars 30 cents right now. Oh, you gotta love Texas. 
So yeah, so perfect example. So the increase over the course of and and yeah, for some of us, that increase in the last twelve months could literally be the difference of one litter to the next. So mm-hmm. your transportation costs and fuel just doubled. Now uh, you factor in I don't know you know how much tractor activity you have and that type of stuff, but in my situation, tractor side by side, all of those things that are uh, that help me with daily chores with the with the pigs. All of that stuff goes up, and if you mm-hmm. just say, "Well, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna bump up uh, cost of bacon a quarter," I think that'll cover it. You can do that, but you're just spitballing to to have some of these things in place. You can really get an idea of of just how much that affects your overall profit margin. Right, and plus, you know, we don't want to charge you know unreasonable prices for for retail cuts. You know, we want to keep it. Not com- you know nowhere near commodity obviously, but at least in a reasonable level for people in our area and, um, and people that would buy for a, from us to be reasonable. So you know I don't want to just say oh I'll just bump it up a quarter whenever I you know I could just say okay well let's increase it x amount you know an exact twelve cents or you know three cents just to be able to cover that cost because I can I can make my profit right I have a metric to decide what I'm making my profit that doesn't include what we pay in transportation. So yeah, yeah, it's an important factor too. Well, and it's one of those things too. I, I call it, uh, as I get older, I realize there's just this life amnesia. So you could, you could think if you're, if you're just knee jerking this stuff and say, well, I'm going to bump it up a quarter and cover that again, that may be fine. Come out in the wash. You don't lose any customers and, and maybe didn't even lose money in that situation. But two, three, four years down the road, you're going to look back and say, why did I? Why did I raise this price a quarter? Or what? What was my motivation for that? And if there's mm-hmm. if there's no data, there's there's nothing there. Then you, you're just gonna you're just gonna have this abyss that you're just gonna keep playing in, and, and then realize that well, I, I wish I would have known this, or I wish I would have written this down. And and with that being said, this is this is what I like about your spreadsheet too. So your spreadsheet isn't just pure numbers when it comes to you know, feed pounds and and dollar amounts. You also have these sections with milestones. Tell us a little bit about milestones. Yeah, I like to track the milestones just so I I can, you know, for myself, know when major things are going to happen. And then I use it for planning Um, because, you know, we get busy and dates creep up on us and we forget when things happen. So I like to track whenever uh, I like to track whenever I know the, the sow has been bred. I don't believe it's in this in in this metric. I think I missed it for twelve. Um, but so I'll track whenever the the litter is born, whenever they're farrowed, uh, whenever I plan to wean them, how long they're going to be in our education pen that we like to call it because they're weaning and learning electric. Yeah. Um, and then after that, whenever I'm going to um, move, whenever I plan on doing pasture rotations, and I can I can plan almost down to the day based on the the next table we'll talk about. Um, when they're going to be moved based on the ground disturbance and the feed. Um, And then whenever we're going to have butcher days, because I, I, you know, we need to keep those aware whenever they're coming up so we can make sure we, you know, are keeping our our eye out for the best pigs to take at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Which is awesome because looking at this, so, so for, again, for those of you listening, looking at, at Tanner's general ledger he has here, he even uses, you know, uses colors appropriately. So, so he's got milestones even in his general ledger. So 12, 15, 20, 21, milestone, 13 piglets born. And then bang, here goes, here goes the cost associated with that. 
and then you see, okay, here's the wean date, here's the date that you, know, you put pigs out on pasture, which again is really interesting. I don't know how much seasonal change, um, I assume you still have North Texas, you still have a little bit of dormancy that comes into play there. So looking at, okay, a pa yeah, pigs on pasture in February versus pigs in pasture in March or May or, or mm -hmm. June. Um, there's there's other things that that affect that and, and and knowing the date that you went out on pasture helps you look at feed consumption and the way your pasture is handling all that right yeah um, if we if we move on to the next table that talks about our, our paddocks and our rotations yeah um, so we we have it list out and and you know doing a lot of study of Joel Salatin um, and the way that he's moved pigs kind of prompted me to come up with the formula that we use, um, which is, is, uh, number of pigs in the herd times, um, a specific number, which currently we're using 0 0.004. And, and that number is specifically how much feed and pounds we're giving per square foot per pig. Okay. Um, so, so that number and then times the, the square footage of the, of the area that we've given them. Cause that, that changes from paddock to paddock. Um, gives us the amount of feed that they need to consume before we move them to, to reach uh, an appropriate amount of ground disturbance and um, um, gives us a good planning tool uh, for rotation. So, and that, that 0 .004 number, um, we've adjusted that back and forth over time. We'll, we'll adjust it in different seasons, um, you know, up or down a, a digit, maybe, a, maybe even a half mark. Um, that, that really gets granular because that's just how many pounds of feed I'm going to feed per square footage that I'm giving them per pig. So, we, you know, we've used 0 0.0035, 38, 4, and maybe 4, 5. Um, that just kind of moves up and down just to adjust how much feed that we're going we're gonna to provide them before we do move them. And we, we just pay attention every, every time we run a, a litter over the ground to, to watch the ground disturbance. And um, at this point, we've gotten it down to kind of a key that, that – whenever we hit that day that they're supposed or the, the poundage that they're supposed to have consumed on that, you know, piece of that, that uh, area that we've given them and we have pretty good, even ground disbursement uh, disturbance and uh, nothing has gotten packed too packed areas around the feeders still get kind of packed down. Um, and unless you're going out there and moving the feeder where the feeder physically is sitting um, like every day, I think you kind of can't avoid um, getting some, some compaction around those areas, yeah. which we've just factored in as, as an okay level of risk to take. Um, so, so that's how we base our rotation. So, um, I think our, our first paddock for this one, uh, we gave, you might have to give me the number cause I'm not looking at it. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So looking at, so your first entry is WP, which I assume is your weaning pasture. That, yeah, that is our weaning pin. So the weaning pin is is um, unique because it doesn't follow our rule because mm -hmm. we leave the we leave the pigs in the weaning pen for about two weeks. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's from six to eight weeks where we put them in to wean them and then we train them to electric wire because we run all of our pigs on a property on one strand of electric wire and yeah. step and post. Yeah. Good. So um, look, looking at that, it's, you know, disturbance is what disturbance is because the key factor in that is they need to be two weeks to not only for the sows to dry up, but obviously for them to get experience on electric. So that's the main right. metric there. Okay, so so then when they're weaned, it's time to roll them out into to P1, paddock one or pasture one. 
which mm-hmm. uh, looking at your data here is 0.7 acres or 30,534 square feet. And you've got 11 pigs on there. And the reason why he went from 13 to 11, just in case people are wondering, he, he sold two, uh, two winners, mm-hmm. which is actually in his general ledger. So he sold two feeder pigs. So obviously that makes the number change. So 11 pigs go out on pasture one and looking at 1,343 pounds of feed in that. So that is not only, so that is a number that you're putting in that, that you've, you, this is where your equation's coming in. Yeah, this is this is the equation. So this is saying the square footage of that paddock uh, times 0.004 is the number we're using for this this round um, times the number of pigs gives us that 13,000 something pounds of feed that need to be consumed in that area before they move on to the new the next pasture number two. Yeah, and that's that's I assume that's 1300, not 13,000. Yeah, 1300. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then yeah. And then the, the next column there is, is really just for me. We, for this one, uh, we're using a 360-pound hopper, feed hopper. So I have that number just broken down to how many times do I need to fill up that feed hopper before I move them, which for this time in pasture number one was about four times. Yeah. So that, um, so that even helps you kind of forecast your labor. It's like, okay, I've got to, and I don't know what you use to use to fill your hopper, but maybe that's you know, a tractor. You've got your bulk bags. You're going out there and... and and doing that, so you know, okay, in this in this time frame on this pasture, I'm going to have to do that task four times. Right. Yeah. And and you know, just granular for us, we I have a feed wagon that we're trying to re- repair. It's broken. Uh, we bought it second, you know, probably fifth or sixth hand. <laughs> um, I got to fix the auger on it. But right now, we're just using five gallon buckets and throwing them in the back of the side by side of the truck. So I, mean, I can fit 30 pounds of feed um, in a five-gallon bucket. So I just know that it takes me 12 buckets to hit 360 pounds. I load that up in the from the feed barn, put it in the back of the truck, drive out there, and unload it into the into the feed hopper. At the same time, um, I'm moving our our field feeder. So it's a, a three foot by eight foot skid made out of four by fours that has a 275 IBC tote uh, for a water with pig nipples coming off of it. Um, and then our 360 pound feed hopper. And then, so I'm moving that every time that I fill it up uh, so that I don't get, you know, crazy compaction in one area. And it kind of promotes, we're giving pigs a large area. So, and as they're smaller at this point, they're, you know, they're two months old. I got to, I got to convince them to spread out over the entire seven or seven tenths of an acre that we gave them this time. So I move it into a different quadrant of that of that paddock each time i fill it up we fill it up four times and after that time then i open up a gate and pull it through and by that time they just know to come follow the truck and the and the field feeder because he's about to fill it up awesome awesome so so let me ask you this make sure i'm understanding this correctly so the last column in this chart is days on pasture so for pasture one that number is Mm -hmm. 23 so is that that number is calculated. Are you using that number almost like it's the result of, of an odometer of the feed that you're feeding out? So when we get to this point, okay, I know it's time to, to move, and that happens to be on day 23, or you know in advance it's going to be day 23 because of what I'm seeing forecast-wise. Yeah, um, so that number is actually in, in the table is generated by the, the date column, the very first date column. Um, and it's just minusing the the one below it. So um, that's that data is only coming from there. It's only telling you the number of days between uh, the first day they were on that pasture, but and the, the day I moved them. 
but I do reference that number. Um, so whenever I put move them to a new pasture, I take my uh, my average of my pounds per per uh, pounds of feed per day per pig, and I divide that by the total amount of uh, feed that they need to get for the next pasture. Because I'll have that calculated out. Pasture two is you know. Um, I think just under an acre, maybe it's, maybe it's around 38 to, to 40, yeah, it says 40 uh, square foot. Yeah. A little over 40, yeah, 40,000 square foot. So I, you know, I've already calculated that number before I've ever moved them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I know how much feed they're going to take. So I just divide that boat by the average of what they're eating that at that point. Um, and it'll grow a little bit, you know, we might, we might lose a day or two as we're going through, uh, you know, cause they're going to, they're going to consume more as they get bigger. Yeah. Um, but it does just help me forecast what day I'm, I need to plan on having the next pasture, uh, line, the, you know, the paddock line up, uh, cause we are, you know, we don't have any hard fencing other than our, you know, our main property exterior fence. So I, I do have to go out and set up, uh, a new paddock, uh, whenever they get ready to move forward. So it just gives me a good planning day, uh, to know that, Hey, I'm in about 23 days, I'll go and look on the calendar to see what day that is and mark it, you know, in my milestones on on uh what day that's projected to be and i'll just know that hey around that time a week before or something i need to go start getting ready yeah so in this example with this live data we're looking at at the point of recording this it's the end of march so you know 311 so earlier this month you moved over into pasture two and you're showing that on april the 15th will be time to move over into pasture three which means you should have fed out about 1762 pounds in pasture mm-hmm. two correct yeah correct and i sent you this but uh, before i put in my my new data obviously just sent it to you last week or something um so at this point we've we filled up that hopper three times so they're expecting one more one more hopper fill up uh to hit that 1700 pounds and then they'll they'll you know finish once they finish that which will take them about you know between between four and seven days to finish it and we'll move them yeah and you're processing it, like you said, you're going to start processing some in June. So the number of pigs I see here actually starts. Yeah, we'll drop. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. That's that's slick. So, um, goodness. So, so looking at this with with that rotation schedule, so that not only tells you how to forecast your feed, obviously when you're going to obviously see cash realized because it's time to process. But this is really helping you not only with your calendar schedule so what's this week look like for me oh okay i've got to i've got to move i've got to do this but also uh, just the overall maintenance of your farm like you say pasture integrity mm-hmm. in that situation correct correct yeah well you know it helps us project whenever we need to have cover crop seed on hand to be able to spread um tells us whenever we're going to have to get things put up uh fence line put up whenever we're going to need to be able to move you know it, it tells us what kind of things that we need to have prepared and orchestrated in order to occur on, you know, X day. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. So, and then we have these, we have these same, you know, same metrics set up for our cows and for our, our poultry flock. So uh, it really helps us plan out, you know, weeks in advance, what we're going to need to be prepared to do. Yeah. And, and, and my goodness, I can definitely echo that because with, with poultry, the, the data that I keep on poultry is almost, it's kind of ridiculous simply because you're looking at an eight week window mm-hmm. and versus, you know, pigs going to be six, you know, seven, six to nine months, whatever the case may be. Beef could be as much as two years. So with something that has a, has an entire turnover cycle of just eight weeks, having that data be as fresh as possible is, 
is very critical because you you could uh, overlook something or you say, well, I'm going to take a week off of putting all this information in and you could end up uh, missing out. I mean, that's you know, that's one eighth of your of your entire life cycle of your product if you decide to skip a week on, on recording data. So this this really helps you with your time management as well as your uh, yeah, your income stream and of course your your farm maintenance as well. Well, let me ask you this question. So everything I'm looking at here is based upon this litter. So uh, we know you have multiple sows, you're bringing gilt, gilts on farm. So are you doing this separately? So there's there's a, a pasture one, two, three, four, and five for uh, litter 12, and then litter 13 is going to be in pasture six, seven, eight, nine. How, are do, you, how do you manage that on the farm? Um, yeah, so how it's we have a couple different areas that you know we will take five acres and say hey that's going to be where you know litter 13 14 will be um, but then eventually we, we try to break it up every six months so that you know uh, maybe litter 13 is not on the same ground but uh, litter 14 will be started over on the same ground and that you know we uh, we split the farm up by saying our north pasture or our uh, wood lot we have a five acre wood lot our back pasture, our north pasture. Um, so we, I, I don't necessarily keep the metric in there to separate them. I just kind of know um, based on what litter it is. Um, but at least, I, don't, I don't, maybe that answers your question. Yeah, yeah but, but at least this, and that was the, just kind of the key there. So this spreadsheet is, is not one of the things, I just want to make sure the listeners aren't thinking, okay, yeah, he tracks all of that, but does, if, if he's got litter 12 and 13 and 14 in the same pasture, how, how is he keeping all that separate? These these do move as individual units. So litter 12. Oh, yeah, yeah. Group, so yeah. so this, yeah, this workbook is completely solidified to litter 12. Yeah. I don't mix. I don't mix our litters. Um, I keep separate herds for the breeders and for all of the feeders um, just because they're, you know, we try to run them. We try to feral on like a quarter quarterly basis. Um, so I, I don't really like mixing, mixing different aged pigs. I just like to keep them separate. That way I can keep all of the data contained to themselves. And in that sense, I can compare how a litter did um, in one section of the farm versus another section of the farm or even between different breeds. Yeah, excellent, excellent. Well, man, that's great. And, and I want to be I want to be sensitive to your time. I'm looking at our ticker here. We're, we're creeping up on an hour already. And, and I wanted to give you an opportunity because in my mind, you know, what I'm looking at here uh, in, in front of me is much, much easier to digest than those people, you know, out doing farm chores, listening to us talk or driving down the road, listening to us talk, and they don't have these visuals. So what, let's start here. What would you recommend in your experience with your background for somebody who's like, man, I, yeah, I, I don't know anything about Excel. I don't know anything about Google Sheets. I don't even really know where to start there. How does how does somebody get started and what would you say is the bare minimum tracking you should do? So A, experience, how, how do I, in, in education, how do I figure out how to use this type of um, this software? And B, what should I start tracking immediately? What's the bare minimum? Um, well, I think, I mean, really it's Microsoft Excel or Google Sheets or whatever you want to use are, you know, pretty the pretty much the bare bones basic and and you know data management that you could learn. So if you could just learn, you know, Excel or you know just basic things in in Google Sheets, uh, just have somewhere where you can input data on a on a you know item and um, description level. Uh, learn that, and then 
bare bones minimum that you need to be tracking is expense and income. It, you you have to start somewhere. So start with what you're spending at the feed store and what you're selling your pigs for. Yeah. Um, you know, the rest can come. You can start diddling and, and figuring out different things that you, different metrics that you want to uh, track. All of this came from just things that I decided that, hey, that would be an interesting thing to know, or that would be a maybe a, 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 key, a key point indicator uh, of, of something that, of some kind of metric that we might want to know about our herds. Um, you can come up with all of those and, you know, Google's our friend right. figuring out how to, how to make those happen. Yeah. Um, but, but bare bones tracking what you're spending and what you're bringing in is, you know, I can't stress how important that would be for any producer to want to succeed. Awesome. Very good. Yeah. I, I echo what you say there. It's, you know, obviously Excel, there's expense associated with that. Um, Google is free. Uh, so if if you have access to Excel, fine. If you have, if you don't, just start a Google account and you get Sheets, Docs, all those things for free, and you can use it. And, and mm-hmm. they're they're pretty similar. I mean, Sheets is going to allow you to do what you need to do. But the the neat thing about the the world we live in today, if you want to figure out how to use either pieces of those software, go to YouTube. There's tons of videos out there that will teach you step by step on how to use the basics of these spreadsheets. And like Tanner said, these are actually the most basic. When you get into, you know, income management software and all those things or you start running QuickBooks and all that, then obviously it gets a little more complicated. But this is going to give you the bare bones to get started. And as he mentioned, yeah, the general ledger stuff, what's coming in, what's going out. And and then the thing I've discovered, and and I I think this is what you're saying as well, too, Tanner, is. When you start finding the questions you're asking yourself, hey, mm-hmm. why, why did this cost this much? Or, or why, did, why does it seem like I don't have this? Or why does it seem like this, this uh, litter is lighter or heavier or my, my ground's torn up a little bit more? When you, you start asking yourself these questions, then that should be the trigger to say, well, that's what I need to start tracking. I need to figure out how much feed cost going up affected me or... Um, yeah, why I ended up feeding out more feed this year than last year, that type of thing. So those are the questions when you start asking yourself, then you realize that's what I got to do to track. And then it's, you know, it's up to you to figure out exactly, okay, what's that data we need to be tracking down? All right. Well, cool. Well, um, one thing that, that, that Tanner shared with me before we got on the, uh, got on the recording here, and, and I really appreciate this, appreciate his graciousness. He is making this spreadsheet available uh, to me to share uh, with our Patreon supporters. So we're going to take this spreadsheet, we're going to post it on our Patreon, so any supporters at any level of Patreon can use this and be able to look at it and, of course, um, uh, even field some questions. I, I would assume, Tanner, you're okay with us putting your contact information if some of our Patreon supporters have a question, they could reach out to you. Yeah, so oh, absolutely. Like I put him on the spot here while we're recording this. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so want to make that available to you guys. And, and I really appreciate Tanner doing that. Um, you know, you can kind of tell Tanner has a business head about him. So he's, he, he's, he's a supporter of the, the podcast, which I really appreciate. Appreciate everyone that supports that, uh, but sees the value and value added services for those who do choose to support. So we're going to make this spreadsheet available for you guys. You can, uh, you can find the link uh, when you go to your Patreon account. You'll find it as a post, so you can be able to access that and and just just kind of peruse this data there. It's I think it'd be very handy for you to go through and look at if you have questions or you're thinking about kind of ramping up your data uh, capture game. 
Well, Tanner, um, before we wrap up, um, you know, I, I can't I can't not do a podcast without asking the proverbial <laughs> question. So other than data, what do you love most about raising pigs on pasture? I, you know, I love just honestly, I could sit out with the pigs all day long and not do anything else. Just, you know, sit in the grass and let them play with me. Um, my favorite thing, though, is is I have three daughters um, and my oldest is, is three. And taking her out onto the farm with me, and and you know she loves to go get into the into the she calls them the baby big pen. No, no matter how big they are, they're the baby pigs. Right. Um, she loves getting into the pigs with them, and just you know we we raise a really docile uh, herd of herd of pigs. So she, you know her being three years old can walk right, up and and you know they'll come and sniff on her, and and she loves just being out there and play with them. And my favorite thing about raising pastured pigs is being able to pass that on and seeing my daughter. Uh, out there learning learning how mother, mother nature works. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, that's good stuff. I, I love the whole generational aspect of that. So very good. So if people want to find out more about Fuller Farms, how can they find you? Yeah, you can find us, uh, our website, fullerfarmstx.com. Uh, we're also on Facebook and Instagram at Fuller Farms Texas, uh, Fuller Farms TX. Uh, we also have a, a YouTube channel that's, that's uh, pretty outdated um, that kind of, kind of went along with some of our really early beginnings of uh, getting moved out to the farm uh, and I updated it with a with a you know a pig update every now and then I did a little video on our on the field feeder that we built yeah um, cool but yeah our website or Facebook and Instagram are the main ways wonderful wonderful well we'll put all that information down below in the show notes so you guys can check that out well Tanner man I really appreciate you taking the time to not only talk with us but also to sharing this data and, and being that transparent. I, I really appreciate it. Well, all right. Well, I really appreciate Tanner taking the time to dive deep into his data and actually be using live numbers there. Uh, appreciate that transparency. And I really appreciate him allowing me to take that spreadsheet and put it out on the Patreon uh, uh, site so you guys that support the podcast can take take that and check it out and and go through it and, and you can even use that as a template if you want to start your own tracking in that same way. So I, I appreciate that. And again, if, if some of you guys listen to, oh, I really would like to have access to that. That's kind of a bait and switch. Well, um, I guess maybe it is to some degree, but I think the podcast still has relevancy uh, if you don't have the data right in front of you. And again, uh, yeah, Tanner's a supporter. He's a Patreon supporter and I appreciate his support. So uh, he's, he's helping us just continue to grow this. So uh, for as little as $5 a month, you can be a Patreon supporter. So if you've been on the fence about that, uh, then maybe this will help you uh, make that decision. Information's down below in the show notes, so be sure to check that out if you want to um, find out more information about the podcast or about Tanner and anything else we've got going on. Well, again, reach out to me if you want to be a guinea pig or you want to be scheduled for a, I'll say legitimate, for, for an actual episode, then we can get that scheduled as well. All right. I pray everyone have a great week. Take care. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of the Pastured Pig Podcast. To learn more about our podcast or to submit topics or recommend guests for future episodes, visit redtoolhouse.com.